Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert. And I'm Courtney Barons. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, this week we have a special guest. Jim Kessler is in the studio. And he's a retired district forester. He's also the owner of Kessler's Tree Farm. You might know him from around the county. You might have worked with him in the past, but we're glad to have him here today. And just wanted to talk a bit about Christmas trees and purchasing Christmas trees. And actually this year, there's a little bit of a change just because of uh, COVID. So we want to talk about that as well. So I guess let's start out talking about your farm. How long have you been in the industry? I started planting trees in 1979 and we cut the first trees about 1985. And since then we've been trying to refine it and build it and figure out how to grow better trees. And every time we think we, we got a better solution, well, then nature throws us another curve and we have to, it's a continual learning curve. So that there's always more to, to learn about growing trees than what you thought you knew. Yeah, we could, had spoke last week and I had asked you how the year actually turned out for trees. And it was kind of a, a better year than the past couple, correct? Uh, this year, it, it got dry enough, quick enough. The last two years, we had rain throughout the spring and summer, and excessive spring rains can be really hard on trees. And last year, we lost quite a few trees, and the ones that we didn't necessarily lose, the, they were considerably affected or reduced. But this year, it was drier, and the trees were much healthier, and they're recovering. Some of them weren't affected at all. But one of the things that we do to help uh, it, the, with the drainage is we grow most of our trees on ridges now. Even though our ground is wet, it drains out and the trees are much happier that way. That works. Now, is that something you thought of yourself or you see it in practice someplace else? Or Well, it's the old uh, gardening method that people have been using raised beds for gardening for a long time. So I just do the same thing. It's just raised beds on, instead of on a small garden scale, we do it on a few acres. But it's nothing new. It's been around a long time. It's a challenge to do it. And it's a challenge to work on farm where every step is either up, an uphill or a downhill step. There is no flat ground anymore. <laughs> Well, let's jump into a, a question that kind of brought up before. Um, how are traditions going to change uh, in regards to people visiting the Christmas tree farms? Uh, I know that COVID-19 has played a part in your preparations this year. So what do people want to expect when they head out to the farm? Well, the main thing we want to emphasize is safety. So we're going to adhere to all the COVID recommendations. We request that people wear masks, respect social distancing. Our staff will be disinfecting the equipment like saws and uh, carts. You only use them by the handles, but we will be disinfecting periodically as much as is practical. Keep the traffic flow of people in a more efficient manner. That is, we don't want to have uh, incoming people mingling with outgoing people where they would stop and 
congregate as much, like have the opportunity to separate as much as is practical. So uh, we want to keep people safe. We want them to come back again next year and have a good Christmas, but we want to have them coming back year after year. So let's talk a little bit about your preferences. What's your favorite species of Christmas tree? Well, I like variety. So whatever I did last year, I'm probably going to get a different kind of tree this year. But saying, what's the best kind of tree? This is like saying, what's the best kind of truck to drive? If you're a Dodge guy, it's a Dodge Ram. If you're a Chevy <laughs> guy, it's definitely a Silverado. So there's no right or wrong answer. There are differences among trees and uh, everybody has their own preference. Like for instance, if you have a, a cat that is prone to climb trees, climb Christmas trees. I've had several people say that the cat got up in the tree and knocked the tree over. Well, put up a blue spruce. They are sharp, they, they have sharp needles, they're no fun to handle, but it'll keep the cat out. And maybe you wanna have a, a blue spruce if you got a, a toddler who is prone to playing with the tree and picking off ornaments and so forth. So maybe you wanna keep a little kid away from the tree. <laughs> or maybe you rethink that one and say, no, I want my kids to be able to touch them. I don't want my kid to get hurt. So I want a soft tree. Well, the other end of that spectrum is the white pine. They just invite you to touch. They are the softest. They're a fun tree to handle. The problem with white pine is that because they're so soft, the, the twigs and the branches are very flimsy and they don't have it hold a heavy ornament. So the solution to that, most people put their, the lights on the tree going around and around the tree. On a white pine, you decorate from bottom to top. You put the lights, the electric lights on from the bottom and clip them on all the way up to the top center and down the other side. So once you have the electric lights on, the light cord itself provides strength to the twigs. And after that, you can put any kind of ornaments on you want. But it's just a matter of adjusting to what you have and what are your conditions. What do you like? What works for you? So there's no right or wrong answer. A lot of it just has to do with tradition. If you grew up in an area like in New England, the traditional Christmas tree is a balsam fir. If you're from the South, the traditional tree is a scotch pine. So it's all open to a lot of discussion. Um, I think I wanted to ask you how much the industry's changed over the years. You mentioned that you've been in the industry for a long time, um, most likely seen some changes, but how much has it changed over the years? I mean, what kind of changes have you seen? Well, we're, we're looking with change of species. 30, 40 years ago, the, the preferred tree was the scotch pine. And all the growers were growing scotch pine. <clears throat> and sure enough, when you have a monoculture of most anything, you're going to develop problems. So the scotch pine developed needle cast problems. So then people morphed more into the Douglas fir. Douglas fir was from the West Coast and they didn't have any problems at that time. So, and, and they would hold the needles better than scotch pine. Well, sure enough, diseases developed on the Douglas fir. So now people are going more into the true firs, 
balsam or Fraser fir. But now there are some insect and disease problems that are on the horizon there, saying that we might have to change into something else. So the industry has changed the, the species preferences, the insects and diseases, and people's preferences. Uh, when I was a kid, we'd put our tree up just before Christmas and hope the needle stayed on until after Christmas. Now, just about any tree will keep their needles for several weeks. And something like the Fraser fir is noted for real good needle retention. And they'll, you can put them up by Thanksgiving. And I've had people say that they take the ornaments off after Christmas and redecorate them for Valentine's Day. And after that, they, they redecorate them for Easter. Wow. Now that's going to extremes, <laughs> but there are people that do that. And, and the trees may still, maybe not be fresh, but they're still green and the needles are still on to a pretty good extent. I guess that leads into my next question, which would be, uh, is there any recommendations for how to keep a tree that long? Is there a secret? Keep, keep it fresh. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you can cut it fresh yourself, so you know that it, it is fresh cut, that's good. If you go to a tree lot, you're not quite too sure, but uh, I've seen tree lots that have trees that have been up for a week or more. So those trees were probably cut two or three weeks before this. And two or three weeks ago, we had some hot weather. So the trees were drying out. So that's going to take the life out of a tree. So you want to have something that's fresh cut and if you're not sure how long it's been cut or what kind of condition it is, look at the stump of the tree. If there's sap formed over the stump of the tree, then the sap's going to seal it so that it doesn't take up moisture. Now, you probably won't have the whole stump covered with sap, but there may be a little or there may be a lot of the stump, and that's going to restrict your water uptake. Uh, so if you cut a tree fresh, you know you got a good tree, keep it in water keep it cool and out of the wind as much as you can if you're going to put it up in the house right away keep it in a cool place away from a heat source away from the fireplace stove vent, uh, heat, heat registers and make sure it keeps water in the water holder don't let it dry out the first two nights it will take up as much water as will the next two weeks so keep it fresh and keep it in water and keep it cool as much as is practical. Okay, yeah, it all makes sense. So when the Christmas tree does die after Christmas and you know people want them out of their house, do you have any creative ideas for recycling them or disposing of them? Well, in Susquehanna County, we have a lot of options. They make good wildlife habitat. You can take it out and throw it in the backyard or along a stone wall. It makes good cover for rabbits or squirrels or chipmunks and small wildlife. Uh, the cities have more of a problem, but there are places where they have chippers that, that are available the week after Christmas or the week after New Year. So if they can be chipped and turned into mulch, that's good. But most of Susquehanna County, the rural areas, we can take them out and keep the tree whole. You might put it in a pond for a little better uh, fish habitat or you can maybe cut the branches off 
and use them for mulch in flower beds. So there's a lot of things that can be done with the tree after it's been cut. Another thing I want to uh, mention is uh, the difference between the fake trees and, and the real trees. Fake trees, you look at the source where it comes from, probably made in China of metal, aluminum, and plastic. And you know, versus where does a real Christmas tree come from? It comes from a farm that's been grown specifically for Christmas. So you keep the Christmas tree farmer in business. You keep everything local. And there's a, just the aesthetic appearance. It looks good and keeps green. And we can use up some of our, our farmland that has been abandoned here in Northeastern Pennsylvania and keep it into good production. All right, so hey, get outside, enjoy a trip to the Christmas tree farm, get to see some nature, where the trees grow, get to meet a local farmer. Uh, what more could you ask for? Bring right? your kids and have a good time. That's it. All right. It's well, Christmas. Keep it real. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. So if you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.sus condistrict.org and find our conservation corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors. Thank you.